Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Oh, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. I'm Dori Shafrir. And we're not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Mm-hmm. Hello, Kate. Hello, Dory. I'm sitting across from you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a large bag of <laughs> cough drops in between us. <laughs> yep. You have been sick for quite some time it's going on over a week yeah i told you that my daughter gave me a bag of cough drops for mother's day this past year i do remember that because that she thought that's what i really liked which is true she's not wrong no i love a bag of halls Uh, halls feel free to sponsor this podcast Um, yeah, I am, I am sick. I have a cold. I like Ricola's myself. Oh, no, no, thank you. Mm, Interesting. All right. Do they actually stop your cough or you just like the flavor? Um, I think they help. Okay. You know, 
a little bit. I find myself getting like addicted to the halls. Mm. Like I just chomp on them all day long like mm-hmm. they're gum. So I'm in that phase of this cold right now. Mm. Um, it's fine. I just have a cold, but it's still lingering. My youngest daughter has a cold and then my oldest daughter had the legit flu. Yeah. Like the scary flu, 104.3 fever flu, out of school for five days flu. She was so sick. Yeah, it was really scary, actually, because I didn't, I, I, we've never experienced that where, mm-hmm. you know, we get the flu vaccine, um, we get colds and norovirus and all that stuff, but we haven't really had a bout of the flu flu. Mm-hmm. And she was hallucinating at one point, which the yeah. doctor on call, who I then immediately called, was like, oh, that's just the flu. It's the fever. So that was a journey. I was up a lot for like three or four days at night Mm. with her, so it didn't help my cold. But you know what? I have just, as I mentioned last week, leaned into being sick. Yes. So what does that look like? Well, what it looked like was me going to my local like Rite Aid and Whole Foods and just buying a lot of things now and then just taking them all. Okay. Vitamin C, wellness drops. I've been hydrating a ton. What about Umka? You know what? The umka let me down this time because the second I felt sick, I started pounding it. I I always have some at my house and it did not do anything to keep this cold away. Oh dear. But part of me was also thinking, you know, I don't do a lot to like care for my immune system. When I kind of posed the question to people like, what do I do to help with my cold? So many people were like, I take elderberry, blah, blah, blah. And I'm always taking vitamin C and echinacea and oregano oil. Like, it seems like some people have worked immune care into their daily practice of Mm -hmm, life. mm -hmm. I don't even think about it until I'm sick. Yeah. I mean, I also wonder, like, how much that stuff actually does anything. (laughs) Or is it all a placebo effect? Who knows? I will say hydrating has been the most helpful thing. Yes. Hydrating is so important. And I just drink warm. Hydrating and sleep. Truly, sleep is what makes me feel better. Yeah. And like a warm chicken broth. Mm. That's kind of also my other thing that I like. So I made a lot of bone broth. Um, But yeah, you know, I've just been kind of trying to take care of myself, wiping down all the surfaces of my home. So the germs... My oldest daughter who had the flu then also threw up a couple times. Mm. So... You know, it's been a lot of just germs circulating yeah. and trying to avoid them and stay healthy while traveling and all that jazz. So don't get too close to me. I mean, I've been at your house a bunch since the sickness <laughs> started. Have. And you're doing okay. And I'm doing okay. Knock on wood. Knock on it. Um, I was also, I stayed at my sister's when we were at South by Southwest and her daughter had the flu. Oh man. It's like you can't escape. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And she's only three and she like never gets sick. And she was so sad. She's so sad and sick. It doesn't feel good to be no, sick. No, it doesn't. But I was like, wow, like if, if I was meant to get sick, I'm going to get sick. There's we probably are trying to get not you sick. a ton I can do, but so far I'm okay. Um, which, you know, I did get the flu vaccine. Maybe that's helping. I do think it's interesting that like in both houses, only one person got sick. Yeah, I know. You know, so I like that makes me think the vaccine maybe does actually work. I hope so. Um, and I mean, I believe in it. So yeah, but I haven't gotten a cold so far, which I'm hopeful. That is impressive. That well, also I will, doesn't happen. I will keep covering my mouth. Although I apologize if I am coughing throughout this episode. It's, I'm trying hard to keep it in. So 
so tough. Tell me about spending time with your family. How was it? Um, in Austin? Yeah. Oh, it was great. I mean, it was it was sad that my niece was sick, mm-hmm. but she she was like actually in pretty good spirits most of the time, other than being a little sad. And then oh. my other niece, who's eight months old, is just like such a great baby. She's like the baby of babies. She is kind of like the baby to end all babies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you met her. Oh, yeah, I did. I She's did. a great baby. She's a great baby. Yeah. So that was fun. Love a good baby. I love a good baby. Also, <laughs> I was I was sitting with my three-year-old niece at her art table, um, and we were drawing, and she drew, and then she goes, V, and she'd drawn, she'd drawn a letter V, and then she drew another letter. She goes, W, and I thought... Oh, I guess she knows. I guess she knows her letters. Like, I guess she knows how to how to write letters. And then a couple of days later, I texted my sister. I was like, "Oh, you know, Maddie was like drawing letters when we were together." And she was like, "Oh, she's never done that before." Oh, and I was like, "Oh, you got to witness cool. the first. Do you think it was your aunt influence?" <laughs> well, my sister has a theory that whenever I come visit them, they like they want to like show off for me. <laughs> So they like reach some milestone that they hadn't reached before. <laughs> That's really sweet. So, you know, maybe this time it was letters. Um, so that was fun. Look at you bringing out the brilliance. Just, you know, that's what I'm here for. That's true. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was a little nervous about flying whilst pregnant. And you are now grounded for the rest of your pregnancy. I am grounded. Yes. I mean, I'm not 30. Well, I guess if I had to take an emergency flight in the next two weeks, I could. Okay. Because you're not supposed to fly after 36 weeks. Although there's not like, there's not like a reason it would be harmful. It's just, you don't want to go into labor in the air. That's the, that's the real reason, which is legit. Um, I have a friend who was due three weeks before me and she went into labor two and a half weeks early. So I was like, Oh yeah, that can happen. Mm-hmm. Also, <laughs> Are you feeling a little bit like the end is nigh, like got to start packing. Are you going to pack a hospital bag? Yeah. So I was actually discussing my hospital bag with my sister. I ordered some, um, button up pajamas, some like loose button up pajamas. That sounds cozy. Get yeah. Some slippers. Yeah. Can to get some slippers? Um, I don't want to overpack. But I want to be comfortable. I'm going to bring my own pillow. I'm going to bring my own toilet paper. Oh, now that is a smart thing I never thought to pack. But a softer toilet paper. Yeah. Bring some wipes. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because that first poop after the baby's born is a journey. Mm. Yeah, that's an experience. I mean, in my childbirth class, they described it as like basically giving birth to another child. I think it's that's not far off. All right. Yeah. Well, can't wait. Yep. Exciting things <laughs> to look forward to. Um, yeah. So I need to pack my hospital bag. I mean, also, I feel like our listeners are so bored of this already, but like we are, we continue to be prepping the house to get ready for the baby. We did make some progress. Matt made some progress while I was gone. He moved the couch and the digital piano out of my office. Which, you know, if it was still in there, that baby's not going to know. You could, the baby could live in an office. There's literally nowhere to, like, there's Fair. no space. Put it in a it's little. A, the, the room is seven feet wide. 
So okay, you got to get the piano. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like there were, you know, <laughs> we, we talked about this on Excellent Adventure a bunch and we kept hearing from people that, that were like, you don't need to do anything to get ready for the baby. Like he just needs to, a place to sleep and a place to be changed. And I was like, uh-huh. Right. And you don't have like, that. Literally, there is no room for that anywhere. So like, please just let me, you know, try to get this arranged. Like, I appreciate you're trying to make me feel better, but like, it is not applicable to our situation. Fair. Um, I ordered some furniture that is supposedly getting delivered on Monday from our good friends, our good Swedish friends at Ikea. (laughs) Wait a second. Dory. Tori, what, why did you make that choice? I'm normally the one who makes weird word choices. I'm just trying to make it sound more cosmopolitan. Ikea? I think Ikea is how they say it in some foreign countries. Well, how do they say it in Sweden? Isn't it Swedish? Am I wrong? It is Swedish. It's Swedish. Um, I don't know. Oh, well, I'll have to Swedish find listeners. Get at us. This is the new my seller. Miselar. <laughs> how do you say Ikea in your tongue? Which we went over in the mini episode this yes week. and we'll never mention again <laughs> um yeah i got a dresser and a day bed i love i mean we've established this ikea is the best i know i've had hit or miss experiences with their furniture um but it's a nursery yeah like it'll, stuff's gonna get it'll used be and abused. fine um so yeah so all of that is happening and oh, and also the 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 long rumored window work that I've also been talking about <laughs> hot topic for weeks window work finally started today. Dory's house is fucking getting done. Oh my god, it was delayed by like three weeks because we've been getting so much rain. Now we have butterflies. Now we have butterflies, and it's gorgeous out. So like, it does finally feel like okay, stuff is happening. And I have like five weeks to go. All right. All right. The, the clock is ticking. The clock is tick, tick, ticking. Um, and then the only other thing that's happening is you are throwing me a baby shower this weekend. Oh, yeah. And like, let me tell you, everybody in my house is preparing for it. <laughs> oh, God. My I'm so sorry. No, it's wonderful. <laughs> my in-laws are visiting right now, I should say. So we're, my, my lovely, amazing in-laws. Will my, they still be here? What, they the will, shower? but they're oh. taking a journey with the rest of my family. I've kicked everybody out of the house. But my in-laws have been prepping. They they are like the most helpful people to ever exist on the earth. I love them so much. But my mother-in-law washed windows today. She cleaned our oh outdoor God. couch. Bless her. Oh, truly, I've done some prep, but it'll be my my in-laws who do the bulk of this baby shower preparation. Aww. So we are going to have a shindig for you. I'm so excited. I am too. Oh, it's going to be yay. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, and then the toast ne- you. Oh can't wait um and then the next day we're taking we're going with my nieces to disneyland can you ride a lot of rides pregnant at disneyland i think you can ride the rides that my three-year-old niece would want to ride perfect like it's a small world that's like the perfect disneyland experience yes, exactly you're not going to be going down splash mountain or space mountain no mountains no mountain no big thunder yeah so yeah no soren no oh, i hate soren i hate soren too I, and I hate Star Tours. We're very lucky to live in Southern California where we can have opinions about these <laughs> about rides. About Soren. About Soren, yes. <laughs> we realize that it's very amazing that the we can reason just drive I don't, to Disneyland. The reason I don't like Soren is because I get motion sickness. Me too, Dory. And I'm just like, this is not fun. <laughs> oh, the only thing that's Soren is the vomit out of our stomachs. Touche. <laughs> I mean, for the record, I also don't like the Harry Potter ride. 
at Universal. Yeah, because it's also uh, like a... That weird like screen. Yeah. yeah. Makes me very nauseous. That's going to be fun to see Disneyland through the eyes of a child. Oh my God. I am, I am so excited. That's magical. Because she is obsessed with Disney now. She keeps asking my sister, like, is this character going to be... Like, she was like, is Daniel Tiger going to be at Disney? No. <laughs> um he's not no but you know she's excited to visit mickey's house it's so fun i'm I'm so excited so So i think it'll be a good weekend oh it'll be great yeah it'll be a weekend all about you oh that's weird (laughs) you know you just have to lean into it okay you just have to kind of embrace it because it is weird when you're the person who's being showered or celebrated it feels weird yeah I've never, like, I didn't have a bridal shower. Did you have a bridal shower? I did. I had a little luncheon. Oh, cute. I th- also, in my situation, I got married so soon after my mom died that I think many people uh, were being very generous with their time and stepping in to kind of, mm-hmm. like, do stuff my mom might have done. I see. So I did have all those little things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aww. Yeah, you know. That's nice. Well, thank you to everybody who did that 10 years ago. <laughs> did you have a baby shower? Oh, yeah. I had two damn girl i had a friend's one and then i had a family one. Oh, oh yeah i i was showered <laughs> very spoiled people were very kind i also had a bachelorette party i did too yeah yeah i had two actually one so we'll see look at one that. in la and one in new york oh you had a buy you had bi coastal bachelorette yeah the new york one was a weekend uh-huh Mm-hmm. Wasn't the LA one a weekend also? No, it was just a, a night out. Okay. With Ooh. karaoke. That sounds like a perfect. It was great. I had fun at both. Nope. Yeah. yeah. See, it's easy. You can be celebrated once okay. in a while. All right. I'll take it. Yeah, just roll with it. Thank you. Dory, before we take a quick break, can we just say that we had the esteemed privilege and honor of meeting Forever 35 listeners in Austin, Texas? Yes. It was so great. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming out. Truly blown away. People drove from Houston. Mm-hmm. And San Antonio. I mean, what? I know. It was so, so, so much fun to get to meet listeners. And if you couldn't tell, we were both a bit like shell-shocked. A little deer in headlights. A little overwhelmed mm-hmm. at first. Nervous. Mm-hmm. But um, boy, Forever 35 listeners are just amazing. Yeah, you guys are the best. Thank you so, so much. It was also encouraging to be like, oh, our fans will come out. This is great. And like gave us some ideas for how to like hold meetups in the future when, yeah. we, when we possibly aren't as terrified. Totally. So thank you, Austinites, for being our guinea pigs. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you were amazing guinea pigs. Um, it was so great to get to chat with all of you. We talked about book recommendations. Yeah, we did. Got some listener People book recommendations. People made watercolors. We painted. We painted, yeah. Um, it was just a blast. Um, and yeah, and so the interview on this episode is from South by Southwest. It was our live podcast from South by Southwest. With Miranda Bennett. Miranda Bennett. So enjoy that. We'll be right back. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's 
vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me, let me just tell you why. Yeah. Get into it. Do you want to tell me why? (laughs) No, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes. That's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. No, thank once you. Once you once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E 
com slash forever 35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash forever 35 you know dory we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast but i don't know maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper mm, i'd love to go deeper we like to go deep and that's not only possible with today's sponsor but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass, but this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now they dissect issues women face in the U.S., and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college, so this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes! Get into it with Masterclass, because this is the year you can really learn from the best to Become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss, or Think Like a Boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one -on -one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. We are so excited to be here at South by Southwest with our guest, Miranda Bennett. Miranda is the founder of Miranda Bennett Studio, a brand known for its wearability, commitment to environmentally sustainable practices, ethical manufacturing partnerships, and advances in the use of natural dyes in commercial scale. Miranda is a native of Austin, and when she graduated from the Parsons School of Design and Eugene Lang College, she launched her first clothing line. And since then, her work has been sold globally and featured in publications, including the New York Times and Forbes, among others. She spent 12 years operating and manufacturing in New York and then relocated to her hometown of Austin in search of a more meaningful way to work within the confines of the fashion industry. And the result is Miranda Bennett Studios, a mission-oriented clothing line that strives to marry aesthetically compelling apparel with meaningful production practices focused around circularity and environmental stewardship. And may I just say that her clothes are gorgeous. They're, they're um, impeccable. They are impeccable. Comfortable, sleek. They're great. And she just opened her first brick and mortar store here in Austin. So 
Miranda, I would love to start by talking about your line, which is beautiful and also size inclusive, which unfortunately is still rare in the fashion industry. So I'd love to hear about what it has meant for your brand to be size inclusive. Yeah. Um, so how I came to that decision was really a very organic extension of the aesthetic that I felt naturally drawn to, which is sort of trying to pare down and distill just the essence of the garment, um, removing like any unnecessary and any unnecessary flourishes or details that sort of, you know, muddled just um, creating a garment that would drape according to the figure of the woman wearing it. So a lot of our uh, garments, when you lay them flat, they have like these very geometric shapes, these very simple shapes. And, you know, the, the thinking behind that is that when they actually like engage with the person wearing it, that it will, um, you know, it will wear differently on different mm-hmm. people. And that's actually one of my favorite things to see is different women of totally different, you know, statures and builds side by side in the same top. And they both look beautiful and they both look beautiful in, in different and unique ways. Um, so that's, you know, kind of the, the why of it, but I have to say as, you know, now on the other side where we do have a lot of like, you know, we're tagged in a lot of imagery on Instagram of customers wearing our, our garments. And I have the experience now of being in the store where people come in and, you know, for any number of reasons, whether it's that, you know, they're very, they're, you know, four foot 11 and like, you know, size two, or if they're like, you know, 5'10 and a size 16 on, you know, and everything in between um, to have the moment with them in the fitting room when they put something on and they're like, oh my God, I feel beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that was so easy. And this never happens. And there's been tears. (laughs) Like there's been, you know, it's actually like that is really powerful. Um, And I've personally experienced that, that challenge of you know, I remember once my fiance was like, I want to like, let's go get you an outfit. We're going to, we had this special occasion coming up and he wanted to like treat me to an outfit, which was such a fun, like pretty woman moment (laughs) minus the prostitution. (laughs) And, And we like went to like several stores and I, nothing looked good on me. And it just kept getting, you know, the, the sort of emotional impact of that continued to increase throughout the day as we went through that experience over and over again. And then, you know, it kind of, it then became like, you know, just a cocktail of like frustration and then also body shame and just all of this stuff. And I think that that's why, you know, for me now to be able to deliver that to women feels like, you know, both from having experienced it firsthand, but then being on the other side of seeing the joy and the ease that it can bring to a woman to just finally feel like, okay, like I know that this works for me. That is like so meaningful to me as a designer. Can we talk a little bit about some of the challenges you face as an entrepreneur? I think, you know, well, one thing I think is that it is hard in, you know, the social media age that we're in. Um, You know, on the one hand, that's such a boon and a benefit to business because you have this like direct line to your customer. And I think it it creates this type of engagement that that can be so informative and also um, such a more like accessible format of even just advertising, you know, which for a lot of brands, that's kind of their primary like, you know, program for advertising now is through these like, you know, different channels like Instagram. And you do all of your own Instagram. I do. Yeah. 
I do. And Let's I, reiterate, <laughs> you are the head of a company you founded and you do your own social media. Yeah. Which, which is, is really cool. It's cool. It's, you know, it's funny. We were talking about this. It's hard for me to let it go because it's our voice. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, that's the part that keeps stopping me from like handing it over. Um, I made one attempt and I quickly was like, I can't, I'm not ready. Um, so it's both just having that trust in someone else really conveying the voice of the, of the line and the brand and, you know, just the tone and everything. But it's also that I get so much insight from seeing what we're tagged in, reading DMs that we get, reading comments that we get. Um, I mean, it's like, it's literally a direct line to the people engaging with the brand. And that's pretty incredible to have that, you know, especially as someone who now, you know, I do work really long hours and really long days and I'm not like doing the networking and the like going out in the evenings that, you know, and and I live in Austin, not, you know, New York or LA. So there's, you know, a lot of sides of it that make it really a great space and opportunity to get that insight. Um, but going back to your original question, I think the double-edged sword of that is, you know, you fall into the sort of comparison trap. You know, you start to look at other people in the same space as you. And, you know, I think sometimes with being based in Austin, I feel a little bit like I'm a little bit on the outside of, you know, the mainstream industry. And I think that's kind of for better or for worse. I think that that's what gives us the space and the freedom to sort of innovate and do mm. things not within the sort of very traditional paradigm of of running an apparel company. But, um, you know, other challenges I think are just resources. Um, you know, I, I think with being a small business and with, you know, doing so much of the production in-house, there is, there's a lot of long days. And there's a lot of days where you're doing anything from like, you know, the garments need tags on them or the barcodes need to be printed for the store or, you know, we need to drive out to the sawmill and Bastrop and pick up some more, you know, wood shavings for this next, like, lot that we're going to experiment for our dye stuff. Like, you know, or there's a pop-up and we need to, like, set up and break down. And, you know, it's just, there's... I was actually in a uh, in the audience of a panel yesterday and Jen Gotch was saying that about her business, that that's like a really big part that they open with when they're interviewing is just to share like, this is going to be hard and this is going to be a lot of really unglamorous stuff. This is going to be a lot of, you know, I mean, fashion in general, there's just so much schlepping, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and people don't know that yeah. side of it necessarily. I do feel like social media adds to the illusion of things yes. being glamorous when they actually are not. Absolutely. And, you know, I even feel guilty of not sharing more, you know, of that side of it. I feel like that's something I kind of took from some of the conversations I was listening to yesterday was like, you know, it probably would be more meaningful for our customer to see a little more of that grittier side or mm-hmm. the late, you know, that the behind I'm, the scenes. Yeah. yeah. Although sometimes it's like, well, how do I show you that I'm on my computer at three in the morning trying to like redesign our <laughs> website? You know, right. <laughs> like I think that is, you know, how do you even that being able to step back to sort of tell that side of it requires a certain amount of bandwidth that, you know, isn't always possible. Yeah. Totally. Um, Speaking of Instagram, I am curious how you have worked with influencers and kind of if you could expand a little bit on how Instagram in particular has been useful for your brand. Mm -hmm. Um, So to the first part about influencers, um, we really don't work with them enough. And it's something that it's actually like on my agenda 
um, or as I like to call it, my to-do scroll, because it's <laughs> so much more than a list. You unravel it, and it's like yes. seven feet rolling yes. out. Yep. Um, so that is something that's actually, um, you know, very much at the forefront of my mind going into this year. And we recently um, had a conversation at one of our studio-wide meetings where we're having each member of the team recommend one influencer that they personally follow and feel like, you know, very engaged with, very much speaks to their values and their point of view. And we're going to be reaching out to each one of those and sort of trying to do like a more strategic, like sending each one of them the same garment, our, our oh, everyday cool. style, yeah. which is, I like to call it the North Star of our collection. It's the style that sort of has dictated like the mood and energy and cut of the rest of the garments that continue to be added. Um, so the idea with that being to really show like how it really is about highlighting the person in the garment and it can be such a diversity of people mm -hmm. that can all look really wonderful in it and do the things that they do in their life and their work. Um, but the second part of the question was... Um, kind of how Instagram has oh, been beneficial for yes, your brand. Hugely beneficial. Um, I just think in general, social media and the space that it's created for brands has completely like changed the paradigm of what it means to be a company, um, or at least how a company presents itself to the market. Um, you know, when I first started my collection, that was Instagram did not exist. You know, Facebook did. Um, although I don't really think it was being utilized in the capacity that it is now by brands. It was still very much a personal platform for, you know... College students. College <laughs> students. Like yeah, troubles. exactly. Yeah. It's changed. It's changed a lot. Um, and, you know, I think, not to mention all the coterie of other, you know, platforms that exist, what, you know, my experience that first time was very much this idea of trying to sort of present myself as the other brands and as sort of, you know, legitimate in the space that they're in. And so, you know, at that time, there was a lot more of that posturing of just sort of, you know, uh, presenting yourself as just the other sort of, uh, you know, companies that were on the market, but not really trying to stand out and certainly not really sharing what was different or unique about your production process, let alone, you know, showing any part of that. Right. Um, where I think social media has been so incredible is that it's created the space not only to share that, but it's created like a hunger within the sort of consumer to see that. It's like they've been introduced to that now, and so there's kind of no going back. And I think that that is also what's really demanded a lot more transparency from brands is, you know, you see one company showing that and you start to wonder why these other ones aren't. Like, are they trying, what are they trying to not disclose or mm -hmm. what is, you know, or how far away are they from these parts of the process that go into the making of the product that, you know, perhaps they don't even know what's going on right. in the production floor. Um, so I think it's really created this engaged and informed and educated consumer that I think I'm just like, I'm so psyched about because it means if we take the time and effort and utilize, you know, just our resources towards these endeavors that are more, you know, labor intensive, that are more expensive, that are more challenging for a host of reasons, it's really incredible to know that there's actually people on the other side that are like, their game because they're following along and they want to know, you know, all about that. And it's, it's not just about the finished product anymore. It's like all of those steps leading up to it. Right. How do you, as someone who's up at 3am redesigning <laughs> yeah. your company website, how do you then implement your own personal self-care? 
Do you have it? No, <laughs> I really don't. Um, just, just being totally honest, like, I really wish I could come up here and say, like, well, I start the day with my phone in the other room. I meditate for two hours, <laughs> set my intentions, <laughs> I have a juice, um, but I don't. Keep going. I, that sounds like a yeah, great day that nobody's ever really actually Who is had. she? I want her life. Um, yeah, I, I'm really humbled in the pursuit of, of getting that more in balance. Um, I think it's hard because there isn't... Uh, there it's an infinite amount of things that can be done at all times and i think with the introduction of the store as well you know that's like been a completely new business for us and it's really different from our you know our existing business so i find myself kind of like straddling these two mm. you know really trying to lead these two endeavors that are very interrelated but also very different in their practical reality um and that's still very you know we just opened the store in december so it's still something that, you know, I'm hoping that this time next year I could say, you know, I'm at least like stretching or something, <laughs> you know. Just touching your toes <laughs> yeah. every now and then. Just <laughs> something. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it is something that, you know, um, I think there's a lot of like pressure in the social media space to sort of be, you know, that person that is really doing it all and, you know, she's doing yoga and she's, running a meeting and, you know, she's a brand ambassador and she's, you know, but it's the reality is it is um, when you're passionate and you're engaged, it's like you want to be doing the work. Um, I worry about, you know, being a present partner to my fiance. I worry about being a friend, you know, to mm -hmm. the people I, I yeah. mean, it's hard because you do want to really feed all of those parts of yourself, but it does feel like the the business is always the thing that kind of is, you know, it's the loudest sort of, you know, part of my my mind and my day. And I'm lucky to have a partner that is incredibly supportive of that and incredibly understanding because I've also had partners that weren't, you know, so I know what that looks like too. And um, I think that's the thing. It's kind of being a business owner and a small business owner. It's a lifestyle. And I think you kind of have to go into it understanding that that's the case. It's not, it's not a nine to five. And it's definitely not something that you can necessarily just like leave at the office, you know? Right, right. you are the office. You are the office. Yeah. And um, that being said, I'm I'm all for, you know, establishing boundaries and, you know, for your personal life and being able to really delegate more and, and also like understand that delegation means like someone else is not going to do it exactly like you would do it. That's like the biggest part that's hard. And I think that that's why it's a slower process, you know, for me in particular is like, letting go of a little bit of control, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's challenging. Self-care is, but we were, I think we had talked about this like on the phone. That's why sheet masks are so great, <laughs> you know, just like, or just those little things, you know, cause I think that side of self-care gets kind of, you know, branded as being more frivolous or something. But, you know, the reality is like, I can sheet mask while I'm answering emails. And that's something. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a place to start. I think also there is this other side of self-care where it's like pressure to do to yeah. do it, where it's like, if you're not meditating and yeah. juicing, who the fuck are you? Yeah. And, it's, and, and yeah. you know, that that also is work. It mm -hmm. is work to do all those things yeah. as well. And so like, you kind of have to set boundaries with what Right. You're going to do to take care of yourself. And what and pressure you're putting on yourself to do that. Totally. Because that, yeah, you do really have to hold space for that. And sometimes it just feels like 
just the act of being able to take things off of your to-do list mm -hmm. is like sometimes the only relief that's, you know, that's really in sight, you know. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Um, well, you did recently open this brick and mortar store, which yes. is beautiful. We went to it this morning. Thank you. Um, and you also recently launched a line of nail polish mm -hmm. and you're carrying items now from some other brands. So I'm wondering if that is going to kind of expand and like what else is on the horizon for yeah. you? And like what goes into making a nail polish? Yes, that like, too. I mean, yeah. you took that on in addition to everything else. And that seems like that's a huge chunk of work. Yeah, you know, the beauty of that was that we worked with uh, a partner that created the polish itself, and it's a seven-free formula, cruelty-free, made in the USA. Um, the thinking behind it was, here's a way to make 
this part of our collection that's so special, you know, the color, make it accessible at a price point that, you know, it's their $18 um, a bottle or three for 48 plus a zero waste pouch. Just, <laughs> just putting that out there. Um, but it's been really, that's actually been a really fun endeavor because it's such a concise product. The cost is so clear cut. It's so different in that sense from our collection where, you know, depending on how the dye process went with the dye stuff for each particular panel of fabric, the cost can be wildly different, um, which, you know, from an accounting perspective is a total nightmare when you're trying to get your cost of goods in order. Um, so the nail polish has actually been a really fun endeavor um, and something I look forward to continuing to have in the collection to, like, be able to add to with each new edition. And the reception of it has been really fun. Like, we've been selling them really well, but also just to be able to offer something so different, but yet that so clearly reinforces the brand is really, it's it's been really cool, to be honest. How did you land on nail polish? Is it a, a thing you had always wanted to do? or yeah, It was actually a conversation with my dear friend Jessica of Primary. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I love well, her I deodorant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's the best. Um, and it was a concept she had, and I just... I'm not sure where it came from for her, um, other than she does a lot of like product development and has a really, really rich background in that. But it was something that she kind of came up with. You know, we were just having like, uh, she's probably like my number one go to friend for discussing business with. And um, it was something that she brought to my, you know, brought in front of me as something to consider doing and then really helped me facilitate that. And I wouldn't have necessarily done that on my own, but it was such a, you know, it was one of those thoughts where as soon as she said it, I was like, could I really do that? Oh my God, I could. Yeah, let's, you know, let's do it. Um, and then in terms of the other brands that we're carrying in the store, like that process of being a buyer has been super fun for me because, mm -hmm. you know, there are so many awesome brands on the market now that are using ethical and sustainable practices. And I really loved having sort of the guide of like, thinking of who our person is and what they're looking for, who they're shopping for, or even like, you know, a traveler in town who is coming to visit the store for the first time and they forgot sunblock where they didn't realize, you know, that we have... I forgot deodorant. <laughs> That's where and we're going And she got some at my store, which was, I, I was like, this is why I carry that. You know, it was such a <laughs> sweet moment to like see it in action. But, you know, like, so being able to pick like one or two or three options for each of those key things that you like either put on your body or wear with the collection. So, you know, having like a really solid sunblock, having a really solid, like even natural, like mosquito repellent or, you know, a great hat that's like affordable. Um, so it can kind of speak to both our person that lives here, but also our person that's coming in to travel. And, um, you know, I think it's fun now to think of like the brick and mortar side of our business being something that can, you know, expand in the future and be in yeah. other cities as well. It seemed like most of the brands were women-owned brands. They, that definitely is the case. Um, I would say majority women-owned, but it's not uh, it's like not a it's deal not a hard breaker. Fast rule, yeah, right? definitely. Because um, I think that that inclusivity does go on both sides, you know. And for me, it's really more about the values and ethics of the company and the sort of just integrity of the product itself. Yeah. Cool. Oh. Well, we love everything about what you are doing. Yeah, It has Thanks, been a, a real treat to get to observe and then get to come in and get to see it in yeah. action. So you guys should all go. It's in East Austin. Yeah. 
Um, I think we have some time for questions from the audience. Hi, I'm Max. Hi, Max. Um, particularly with social media um, and running that all yourself, because that's a lot to take on, especially as an owner and entrepreneur. Um, do you ever feel like you're always kind of standing by for messages from your consumers? And how do you kind of balance that with with all the other stuff you have yeah. to do and all the other hats? Yeah, I've tried to be better about, you know, if we get a DM that's like specifically like a customer service related question of, um, you know, forwarding those inquiries directly onto our sales team to provide that support because they can provide that better than I can from my phone, you know, out in, in the world and stuff. Um, but I do, I think probably the days that I'm kind of the hardest on myself at the end of the day about what I've been able to accomplish are the ones where I didn't get that post up or I didn't, you know, do stories about, you know, X, Y, or Z thing that happened. Um, there's definitely a constant sort of, you know, demand in the back of my head with having that as part of my, like, you know, my daily responsibility. And I, that is honestly why that's something I'm like, I need to learn how to delegate some, at least some portion of this, you know, um, I think sometimes the challenge with delegation is the amount of preparation you have to do to really effectively accomplish it. So I can't just say, hey, take care of the Instagram for me. You know, it's like I need to really like set out like almost a manual for what that looks like. You know, like what is the criterion for what gets posted? What is the site? Like what's the voice that we want to have? Like, um, you know, what are sort of our like, you know, go-to things I can prepare that person taking over to sort of know to be able to address. Um, so sometimes that can be the real roadblock is being able to step back and do the do the sort of homework to to hand something off. Can I piggyback on that yeah. and just ask how do you uh, and and maybe you handle this with ease, but deal with kind of if there's any ever any the negative comments, the negative side of social media, since it's so personal to you, mm -hmm. you're managing something that has your name on it. Mm -hmm. How do you navigate that and set boundaries with that? I feel like I'm fortunate that I, I'm trying to think of like, uh, you know, specific examples of, you know, comments or anything like that that were harder to see or hear. And I'm fortunate that I don't feel like that's like a ton of the type of sort of interactions that I end up seeing. But I feel like, you know, it's really... You will, you will sort of hold and your energy will go to what you are focused on. And unfortunately, I think often you could have 50 positive remarks and one negative remark, and you'll focus on that one negative one. Um, so one practice I try and maintain is just like to really reinforce the good, not to ignore the bad, to... But to remember to keep that in proportion, but also when there is a, you know, critical comment or feedback, I also think that there is a, a lesson in there. I think that there's actually the opportunity to learn, like, why, where it's coming from, and if there's merit to it. I don't, like, rule it out just because it's not pleasant. Um, I really try and take even just, like, you know, your size inclusive, but you don't have my size. I'm like, oh, well, what's your size? Let's talk about that. Or, you know... I want to I want to engage with your brand, but I can't afford it. I'm like, okay, let's be better about having our studio sale section online, like readily stocked, and like make sure that you know, or even things like expanding our zero waste products to have more uh, just like price diversity, you know, to have products that do start at like 
$14 um, rather than two or $300 exclusively. So I think the key with like the negative commentary is like, you kind of have the access to a focus group in a sense. So think about, you know, if there is actually something that you can take from that and, you know, do better from. That's a very mature perspective that I would like to <laughs> just absorb. Yeah, just absorb. <laughs> you know what it else? Doesn't it mean my feelings don't get hurt. You yeah. know? No, but you That's true. you do you are sounds like you are living in action. Dory's favorite phrase, which is reframe the narrative. Yeah, you oh, you the like narrative. totally. Re- you're taking it in in a, such a different way yeah. than I feel like many of us do, including number one me. Mm-hmm. Oh. Thank you. Well, I think it's a muscle, and you're very strong. Oh, <laughs> well, by that I just mean to practice. You know, you yeah. have to practice it over and over. So. Um, other questions? Yeah. Okay, I see a few hands. As someone who's new to the brand, I, you know, I was looking at your Instagram, and while you guys talked a little bit about the fact that um, you're very body inclusive, it also feels like you are. Um, diverse in other ways in the looks and the styles and in the ethnicities that you're showing. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you think about or how does that play into both like the development of your clothes and your styles and your colors as well as the way that you present yourself? Well, I think um, the, you know, the minimalism of the, you know, aesthetic of our line is what lends itself to, you know, being able to speak to a really diverse audience you know, diverse in terms of ethnicity, size, age. Um, So that's really like kind of a guiding principle for me is, you know, I'm so flattered when I hear that, you know, a mother and daughter can share a garment, you know, or that it could be the first kind of big purchase for someone right out of college or, you know, something that a woman in her 70s is purchasing and buying. Um, So I think that it's not so much... um, you know, strategic on the back end of like, you know, what will speak to whom of this, but more so that it's just kind of an overarching uh, design philosophy of really considering how the person inside the garment is always going to be the sort of focal point and that the clothing itself is really there to sort of support and work with them for whatever, you know, sort of portion of the day they're wearing it through or a station in their life that they're in. Hi. Um, so I'm just wondering about making ethical and sustainable fashion accessible to more consumers. So you had mentioned the price point can be a barrier to entry for some. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious just about how you think about your pricing strategy. I mean, of course, there's a good reason that ethical and sustainable goods are often more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you think about that? And then over time to make um ethical and sustainable fashion accessible to more people? Do you think it's more about educating consumers around buy less and spend more on high quality goods or uh, companies being able to lower the price point over time to make it more accessible? I think it's honestly both. Um, But I do think, yeah, there is that sense that we do need to reframe the paradigm of how we're consuming. So, you know, yes, like a $300 garment. I mean, I, I understand that, that that's a lot for me, you know, um, but it's also understanding that that feels like a lot more if you're also purchasing, you know, 10 other things a month just as like standard practice, right, which is very much the way that people do consume. It's not a strategy of like, here's my apparel for this season. It's just a often more spontaneous and almost like recreational activity in America to shop in this way that's it's social, it's 
sort of on the fly. There's a sale. You ended up, you're in Target to get toilet paper. You tripped over a collab that they were doing, you know. So I think it's also understanding that, um, you know, if we're considering the way that we're purchasing in a more mindful way, then yes, there's that side of it that I, does th I do think makes it a lot more accessible. Um, if you are really being conscious of like, you know, how and where you're spending. But on the other side, you know, I think, you know, like on with our line, for example, there are some items that we're wholesaling that are dyed where we have a very, very slim profit margin. And we're subsidizing that essentially through our non-dyed garments. So there's also strategies like that that you can utilize as a business, um, you know, to basically offset and sort of spread out some of your operational and, and cost of goods that you have to consider. Um, but then, you know, as a as a consumer, I think, you know, it's there's a lot of creative ways that you can also engage with ethical brands. You know, there's like I'd mentioned the studio sale, but you know, there's buying secondhand, there's that great uh, Instagram. I always just say the name forward rather than backward, but the fashion bazaar. Noisa like, yes, bazaar. I've never successfully, <laughs> you know, but that's like such a cool marketplace for people reselling specifically like ethical, sustainable, independent lines. Um, just going to studio and sample sales that other lines are carrying, you know, sort of um, maybe also supplementing that $300 garment with, you know, thrifted garments as well. Um, I think there's a lot of ways that we can sort of rethink where we're shopping and how we're shopping. And kind of be more mindful about it overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hi. Um, to kind of piggyback off that question, um, it seems like you're really mindful about the partnerships you make with the folks who are producing mm -hmm. um, your garments. I'm curious um, to hear how you, with the 15 folks, I think you said, who mm -hmm. you employ, like how you um, make sure that you're able to provide those folks with like a livable wage mm -hmm. and um, how, how you sort of think about um, the sustainability of, of the folks you employ and like how you're able to do that as a small business. Because I know a lot of um, small business owners, that's a big priority that they'd like to be able to accommodate, but sometimes that's not the reality that they're able to do. So, Yeah, um, it's definitely something I think about a lot, and it's something that I, I really want to ultimately always be mindful of passing on our growth to the team that we employ. So um, actually, Jessica had given me great feedback when I was first really like getting a larger team for the first time, which is you know, you can offer your employees, um, you know, finance, fit, fun. Um, I think the other one was another F word that covered title that I can't remember, but um, that, you know, you might not be able to offer all of those, but what can you offer of those? And being mindful of where you can't offer one, being able to offer some of the other. So it's like if you're not able to provide the salary that you necessarily want to provide, be mindful of providing a title that will give them the capacity to move on to another job with, you know, a, a better resume than, you know, had they not had that. And also be mindful of really, um, you know, your position as like a mentor and a coach, you know, as the leader of that team and giving them the skills that that will um, allow them to grow professionally beyond their time with you. Um, the fun part is, you know, for me that like, I think initially I felt this obligation to sort of almost 
be like a, you know, Silicon Valley, like, tech, you know, like ping pong tables and, <laughs> and break and nap rooms and, you know, not actually Yoga for us, room, but, yeah. Yeah, but like thinking about like having this obligation to like provide all of these sort of like, you know, things that I really, when I started to look back and look at the cost of like having these sort of like little like fun bonding things where, you know, they did actually start to financially add up and I kind of stepped back and was like, think that this would be more meaningfully spent on their wages, you know? And I think at the end of the day, like, I can create a, like, peaceful and respectful um, and, like, you know, like, an environment that you look forward to working in and that has, you know, functional, like, you know, dialogue-based work ethic and, you know, where there's not dysfunction and there's not, you know, um, a real sense of, like, you know, I can create an environment that people want to actually be in. Um, the other thing, too, is that, you know, understanding as a small business that there is that pace car also for us. So, you know, one thing that uh, my uh, Liz, who directs my studio, and I talk about in anticipation of each year is, like, what is an improvement we can make to our benefits package? So, you know, it's like thinking about additional days off that we can offer, like having more PTO is something where... Um, you know, we can give people more of that balance in their own sort of work life, but it's not necessarily like, you know, it is an expense, but it's a way that we can kind of, we would already have anticipated spending that money, but we can give them, you know, more time to themselves. Um, next on my agenda is like healthcare, like being able to provide that. A lot of that stuff is really daunting though, when you, you know, you have to also be aware that the best way you can be an employer is to have a financially sound company. So you have to like be making decisions in a way that's actually feasible to you because I am never going to bounce a check to a teammate, you know? Like that's the other part is like you have to actually be able to back up what you want to offer and to be able, you know, make sure that you really can. Well, thank you, Miranda. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. This yeah. was a pleasure. So, Kate, last week, and we touched on this a little bit earlier in the mm -hmm, show, but you mm -hmm. said you're going to lean into being sick. How did that go? Well, it went okay in terms of like purchasing items to help me feel better. I did not sleep or rest because I was caregiving for a child. Yeah. So it was a little tricky. I would be, yeah. I was up all night for three nights in a row with, with my daughter. So once her flu kind of subsided I was able to get some rest mm -hmm. and you know I was sick while we were traveling in Texas and I really took it easy while we were there I rested yeah I ate I you seemed okay though I felt good yeah I mean I think also just removing myself from my sick kids which was I have to say I had a lot of anxiety about leaving them but I left them in the very capable hands of my in-laws mm -hmm. um, but I had a lot of like guilt and anxiety about it but I also think it was probably like good for me just to go probably. be somewhere where I could sleep and not be able to physically care for them. To be out of the house of germs. Yeah, out of the the house of germs, as they say. So it went okay. okay. I'm, I'm still leaning into it, but I'm going to bed early, being gentle with myself, not pushing myself too hard, and, and I'm feeling good. Good. Tell me about hydration, because... I've seen you drinking a ton. You have two waters on the table right I now. I do. I've been really making a concerted effort to drink a lot of water and actually water with liquid IV in it. I don't just say it for the ad. No, we both. <laughs> I think this whole Forever 35 team, we all liquid IV it up. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like at night I've been putting, I have like two pint glasses worth of water 
and I drink it throughout the night. Like that's great. Yeah. So that's, I mean, a pint glass I think is 12 ounces. That's a lot. So that's 24 ounces of water in like overnight. I mean, I'm peeing constantly. That's a, that's but a lot of work. What are you going to do? Um, I don't have another ultrasound for another couple of weeks, but you know, the last ultrasound things look good. So I'm trying to just like stay on that track. You're taking care of yourself. You're taking care taking of your future of myself. child. Yeah. Good work, Dory. What about what's on tap for next week? You know what my intention is, Dory? What's that? To watch TV. Ooh, great intention. Yeah. I'm really enjoying Shit's Creek. Mm-hmm. I started watching it this past weekend. I'm obsessed with it. Okay. And, you know, like when we've talked about not making room for books, I also don't do a great job making room for like TV and movies in my life. Mm. And I think they have a lot of value. Yeah, definitely. So I am going to... I mean, they pay the bills around here. We both are married to TV writers, <laughs> yeah. so we're very lucky in that regard. So everyone keep watching Please television. Please watch TV. <laughs> um, but I I just was like, you know what? This is fun for me to have a show and to fall, like to enjoy this and just yeah. sit and laugh. It's been really, really fun. And oh, I, good. I've had a bunch. I've been doing a better job watching TV lately. Mm-hmm. It seems silly to like try to be do a good job watching TV, but there have been times where I've had no shows in my life yeah so making room it's a sad time when that happens yeah I like to be able to participate in pop culture and also like have something that makes me feel good I feel like I need to make a list of shows that I want to binge when I have a newborn binging tv with a newborn baby is really satisfying yeah I got through like what am I gonna binge? have you ever watched skins that's the show I watched I watched the first season okay all right game of thrones nope I watched you know, that with I my watched, second kid. I watched the first two seasons as they aired. And then it like it got so violent that it was like hard for me to it's watch. It's not a great show and if you want something relaxing. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think Game of Thrones is it. I've read all the books. Oh, I didn't know that about yeah, you. Yeah, I've read all the books. Outlander? Maybe. It also I, I've also heard it's violent. It is. Is there an iconic show that you've not watched? Seinfeld. <laughs> Oh, Dory, you've got to watch Seinfeld. <laughs> it's too late. Like I, I weirdly just started rewatching like the first season of Seinfeld and it was very satisfying. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I understand. It's too late for me and like Gilmore Girls. Same. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Right. It's, it's not dated. happening. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I'll have to. I, I'm sure there's something else that like, oh, you know what? I've never watched The Good Wife. I've never watched that either. It's supposed to be fantastic. It's supposed to be fantastic. So maybe that'll go on the list. And there's like, they're 22 episode seasons because it's on network TV. Yeah. And there's at least five seasons. So that should keep me busy. Dig into some Canadian TV. All right. (laughs) I think, well, Schitt's Creek is Canadian. I should just rewatch You Can't Do That on Television, an iconic Canadian television show. Such a good Canadian show that at the time, as a child, I didn't know was Canadian. Same. Because it aired on Nickelodeon. Yeah. And also your worldview is like... Same with Degrassi. I did know that was Canadian. Did I? I don't know. 15 on Nickelodeon. Did you watch that? That was Canadian. No, I didn't. Oh, it's really good. You didn't watch 15? This is getting way off topic, but (laughs) it was fantastic. Um, You know what else I never watched that we discussed on Excellent Adventure because I think I was too... I just missed it because I was too old is Pete and Pete. I was not, that means nothing to me. Right? Yeah. Like we missed it. I don't get it. 
But my husband, who's six years younger, was obsessed with it. Yeah, there. And remember when Pete and Pete had like kind of like a nostalgic return yes. five years ago? Buzzfeed was really on it, really into Pete and Pete, mm-hmm. old Buzzfeed. Yeah, yep. I. It was like it was meaningless to me. Yeah, same. It's very weird those moments where like a, a generation is having like a like Hanson. I'm just like, oh, yeah. But new kids. Oh come on! I mean, still Donnie Wahlberg would. You know, he is still a hunk to me. Joey had those dreamy blue eyes. He did. And, you know, he seems like a good guy. I hope so. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, All right. Well, well that was a journey. <laughs> Dory, what's on you? What's your attention this week? Um, I just want to, you know, express gratitude for the oh. great, some of the great things in my life. Like my baby shower. Well, I mean, let's wait to have it before you <laughs> want to express I'm preemptively gratitude. preemptively expressing it's gratitude. It's going to be fun. My family, oh, yeah. a lot of whom are coming in. My parents are coming in tonight. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Soon. Okay. Yeah. And my sister and her family are coming in uh, in a couple of days. And my health. Very grateful for my health, especially as a pregnant lady. You know? Yes. I do know. There's a lot of shit that could have gone wrong and still could go wrong. Yeah. But, but in this moment, in, in the this present moment, moment yep. Things are, things are good. Well, I'm grateful for your health too. Well, thank you. And mine. And yours. Well, Dory. This brings us to the end. This brings us to the end. <sighs> Should we remind everyone that we have a voicemail that they can leave us messages on? Tell us if you watched Pete and Pete at 781-591-0390 or email us about Pete and Pete at forever35podcast at oh, gmail.com. So many emails about Pete and Pete. Do you think, I feel like maybe we'll get more people who are like, I also watched 15 on Nickelodeon. <laughs> I don't know. There's only one way to find out. Yeah. Open up the... <laughs> Open up the communication halls. Operators are standing by. Tell us. Pete and Pete. <laughs> by operators, I mean Google Voice. Yep. Or okay. us checking email. Yeah. Uh, you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash forever 35 podcast or one of the many spinoff groups. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, tell a friend, or mention us on social media. And just a reminder that everything we mention is always on our website, forever35podcast.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. And Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrier and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. And Lane Hammer is our assistant. Bye. Bye. Bye.